0: Do you have eczema? Do you get rashes seemingly at random? Do you have adult acne? Do you have dots or, or pimples on the backs of your arms or on your back? And do you feel like you have tried every ointment, every cream, and every facial cleanser just so you can get your skin to behave and it still doesn't work? If so, your gut may be at play in your skin health. On today's episode, we are going into everything gut-skin connection and why your gut can be impacting something as far away and as on the outside of your body as possible as your skin. We are going into the anatomy and physiology of the gut-skin connection and how you can get your skin to clear up by healing your gut and one other very important organ. Are you guys ready? Let's jump in. And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any changes to your health. All right, you guys, I am so excited for today's episode and actually the next, both this week's and two weeks from now, um, every episode coming out for these three episodes. They're all about how our gut connects to other parts of our body. Today, we are going to be talking about the gut-skin connection and how acne, eczema, rashes on our face, our our hands, our back, our arms, anywhere in the body, how they can all be connected to the gut. We're also going to be talking next week about the gut-breath connection, about how asthma and even like previous illnesses such as bronchitis and pneumonia, as well as that process of getting stitches in your side when you run that thing. We're going to be talking about all about how your breath can be connected to your gut and they can be impacting each other. And lastly, three weeks from now, we're going to be talking about the gut-sinus connection with chronic sinusitis, chronic congestion, and that chronic post-nasal drip. If you have sinus problems and gut problems or just sinus problems, or you don't know what, <laughs> these, that's going to be the episode for you. There is so much amazing um, research going on out there on the sinus The sinus and the gut connection. And we're going to be laying it all bare in that episode. But for today, we're going to be hanging out with that gut skin connection. And um, I'm just really excited for all these episodes in general because the gut connects to so many things. And so when I chose to be a, a, expert, a lover of the gut. When we branded as Better Belly Therapies, yes, we heal the gut, but a lot of times uh, clients who work with us or clients who are not sure if they want to work with us um, they people are either surprised to find out that the gut can be connected to so many other symptoms in the body and we also get people who um, they're not sure like should I work with you if I don't have bloating or constipation but I have a thyroid problem or I have a lots of skin problems or I have you know cr- you know chronic congestion all these things to me they're all connected and so we are dedicating some podcast episodes to these connections we'll probably in the future be hitting the gut thyroid connection. We've already got the gut hormone connection a little bit covered in our episode on is your period out of whack, which we'll link in the show notes. But that is, there's just the gut connects to so many things. And so if you have any known gut problems and anything else going on, you know, low energy, headaches, skin problems, all that stuff, your gut might be, you know, also causing those other problems. So Let's talk today about the gut-skin connection specifically. What is the gut-skin connection? What's the anatomy going on? How does what's going on in the gut end up out on the skin? And what's up with that? So the easiest and honestly the simplest way, this might sound really simple to you, but it's all connected through blood. That is the big thing. And so what happens in the gut-skin connection is that your gut is, its job is to take things that you put into it from the environment, from the outside world, usually food and water, but you know, I don't, the air you're gulping down, things like that. So the outside world is coming into your body and you are trying to get useful resources from those things into your body. And so uh, while also keeping out the not useful things or the not nice things out of your body. And so you have this very delicate, very intricate, um, intelligent uh, barrier that is is both supposed to let in good things like nutrients, um, vitamins, calories, all those yummy things into the body while also keeping all the bad things out. And that is what is happening in the gut. And when you let something into the body. Where it goes is not into like, I don't know, some random tissue. It goes into your blood or also your lymphatic system. And so, uh, but we're going to really focus on blood in particular. And so that blood then gets circulated uh, actually straight to your liver because your body knows that everything that your gut is taking in, like, probably has drops of poison in it as well as all the good stuff. And so it goes straight to the liver through something called your hepatic portal vein system. Uh, The first time I heard this, I was shocked how long it took me to learn about this piece of anatomy, which is basically a bunch of veins um, that are only going from things like your small intestine, your stomach, and and your large intestine straight to your liver. And that hepatic portal vein system is just showing us how important it is to your body that everything gets filtered by your liver before the blood goes anywhere else. So your liver is this big filtration device. it's got lots of chemistry going on. it's neutralizing toxins, it's getting rid of heavy metals, it's doing all sorts of fun stuff um, and it's getting rid of excess hormones and then you and then it puts that actually all everything the liver doesn't like, you end up pooping out everything the liver does like ends up getting um, thrown throughout your whole body so that you can get things like glucose into the cells that need it, as well as vitamins and minerals, because you need things like even like calcium and magnesium as a mineral you need in your muscles firing. So there's all of this fun chemistry going on in the body and it starts in the gut and it ends up in the blood. And then here's where the skin gets involved is that, uh, Your blood, if you don't get all the toxins out of it that you need to, all these irritating inflammatory factors, and there's lots of options for them, um, so we're not going to get into them right now, but if you don't get them all out of the blood, then as they're circulating, your body's trying to get rid of them somehow. And so, one actually very effective way to do that is your skin. And by very effective, I mean potentially very irritating. If you ha- if you're getting eczema or or uh, acne or rashes, you're like, I don't like this this method, but what's happening is that, you know, you're, when we, um, when we exercise and when we sweat and when our skin's just being our skin, it's kind of like our gut in, in the way that it lets in certain things. Um, but it mostly keeps a lot of things out. And so we, um, it, and its job is actually to excrete things. So we can excrete sweat, we can excrete oils, and we can actually detox through our skin. That's why um, things like saunas uh, and exercise can be so effective in being part of a healthy detoxification regimen because you're getting that sweat going. When you're exercising specifically, you're actually getting muscles and lymph moving, which is uh, you know even better versus just a sauna is like kind of heating up your body and causing you to sweat. But again, sweat is an effective detoxifier. So if you have all these excess toxins that your liver should have taken care of, but it didn't, then you might, your skin might be the process that it's it's trying to get rid of it. And depending on the person, um, you might be getting different symptoms than other people. I'd say the most common symptom I see is point blank acne, just stuff on the face. Um, I see that in lots of my clients. But then the other thing is that some people will also get like eczema and rashes. And I see a lot actually, and I don't know if it's my clients or what, or if this is just way more common than we're realizing, but like puffiness around the eyes, like red puffy rash around the eyes. I know that the um, eyelids—it has a very—the eyelid is very thin in the uh, the skin on that level. It's it's one of the thinnest pieces of skin on our whole body. Versus like our heels have like the thickest amount of skin. And so I know that there's actually a lot of. Uh, our skin replaces itself quicker there. It's just very thin. And so that might be one reason why we're seeing all these, get these clients who either one or both of their eyes have this, they're puffy, they're red, there might be some of that like flaky skin on them. It's really not comfortable. And they also like don't like it because it doesn't look great. And so if you have any of that, um, we consistently see those go away when we heal the gut. And why? So so we've now established what is the gut-skin connection. It's mainly through the blood and it is when the blood has lots of toxins in it and the skin is now being used as a secondary avenue to get rid of excess toxins. Pretty straightforward, right? Okay, so how do you stop this? You wanna stop, the way that we stop it in all of our clients is we help the liver do its job to its full completion. So your one of your biggest number one detoxifiers in your body is your liver. Your liver is a natural detoxifier of the body. We actually just talked about that portal vein system that's scooping up all the goodies that your small intestine and your large intestine are scooping up. And by goodies, I mean goodies and baddies. And and we know the body knows that's going to happen. So it sends it to the liver and the liver goes through phase one and phase two of detoxification and all this Crazy chemistry stuff happens, and then it neutralizes toxins and it kicks it out, kicks it out. Well, that's what's supposed to happen. But two things can happen for the liver to not work well. And and if one of these two things happen, or if both of them are happening, we... You can call this, or what I we call it in our practice, is liver congestion. It's this. Uh, it's a term that isn't like you have a liver disease, but it's the liver is working suboptimally for the requirements that are being asked of it. So the first thing that can happen that can make your liver "quote unquote" congested, which is too much toxic input, and toxic input could be everything from alcohol, which we know, like wow, if you drink lots of alcohol, it's connected with liver dysfunction. Um, high amounts of sugar can also really stress the the liver out. High excess estrogen can stress the liver out, and actually usually. Uh, excess estrogen is a cause of the liver being stressed out. But then simultaneously, once you have excess estrogen and that's that's now a thing, it can now become cyclical because um, liver is supposed to get rid of of estrogen in the body. And if there's lots of it and it's not doing its job, it's going to be just one more thing that that liver has to do. Um, pathogens in the body can really stress the liver out. So pathogens like H. pylori, parasites, candida, all of these things uh, squirt out toxins to keep you uh, weaker that nothing's supposed to kill you uh, with when it comes to parasites and bacteria. Re- realize that most things that will hang out in your body that are bad, they don't want you dying because you you are its host. If you die, it dies, and so it'll keep you. It's intended to keep you sicker, like your immune system suppressed, your uh, immunoglobulins being lowered, but at the same time not dead. And so <laughs> you're going to have pathogenic toxins toxins being squirted out. And that will really stress out the liver and be just an addition of the number of things it has to deal with. Food sensitivities um, will create an inflammatory response in the gut. And oftentimes those foods might end up in the bloodstream and the liver has to deal with it. Or your, if the liver is not dealing with it, your skin now is. Um, and that is a whole problem of like leaky gut and things getting into the bloodstream that are basically bigger than they should be. And so. They, that's just a whole nother problem in and of itself. So food sensitivities are often both a result and a cause of, of leaky gut and then will, will irritate the liver and just be one more burden for the liver. And so we just covered a couple things there, which is pathogenic toxins, excess estrogen, um, the food sensitivities and alcohol. So things that in general just make the liver have to do more work. So the first thing is how much burden the liver is, how much burden is being put on the liver. But the second thing is just how well the liver is functioning in and of itself. And so maybe you you're like Alison, I don't drink alcohol. I've done lots of food sensitivity tests. I'm on like I don't know a low FODMAP um, diet. Or um, you actually most people who listen to this podcast. Haven't ha- been checked for pathogens, and they haven't um, had any support to deal with excess estrogen if they have it, and many of my clients do. But so, but maybe you're saying I'm doing everything I know how to do. To I'm maybe you're exercising, and you are going to the sauna, and you're um, trying to help yourself poop regularly, and you're trying to sleep well. All these things are really helpful for the liver to function overall. So you're saying I'm doing all these things, um, and yet I'm not having a lot of results. I'm still uh, maybe I'm still having a congested liver. What else might be going on? And the other thing is that the liver is literally clogged up. It, it, um, it, and there's a, a couple of reasons that this can happen. And we actually, typically on this side of things, we use supplements to help give the the liver support. So one of the re- things that can quote unquote clog the liver is actually lacking the nutrients or lacking the, the chemicals that you need to break these things down. So, um, glutathione is a, uh, it's a chemical, <laughs> it's an enzyme that helps your body that your body actually uses and, and your body will create something called glutathione to get rid of toxins and to to go through the process of packaging up and and neutralizing toxins so your body can kick it out. The interesting thing though, is that when you have other things going on in your body, specifically something like candida, candida, which is a yeast, it actually eats up glutathione, like it just gobbles it up. And so you can have a chronic depletion of glutathione. And a lot of our tests that we run, we actually have two tests, the Dutch hormone test and an organic acids test that will look at and actually can measure markers of do you have good glutathione levels. And a lot of times we'll Every time that our clients have candida, they have absurdly low glutathione. But we also get clients who have a parasite, they have H. pylori, they have something else going on, and their glutathione is still suffering because the body's just having to use it. So it's kind of like it's it's extra hungry for glutathione. So that's that's an example of a nutrient you could be lacking that is quote unquote congesting the liver. The liver just literally doesn't have what it needs to detoxify it's kind of like everybody putting out their garbage bags but you don't have enough garbage trucks around the block and so yes they will things will pile up and then the other thing that can happen is that the liver can be reduced in in capacity by, we've seen a little bit um, actually people who get in car accidents and not saying every car accident does this, but if the liver gets a a weaker supply of blood flow or it's just not in it, it's actually has restrictions around it, that's actually going to impair the liver. So we want to consider, does the liver have anything impairing it? That's one of the reasons we do visceral manipulation in our office. We, We actually have a technique called the liver lift. Um, You can receive a liver lift by any practitioner of visceral manipulation who has learned it from the Brawl Institute. And we can even leave a link in the show notes for that, like I-A-H-E, you know, find a therapist, finding someone who does visceral manipulation near you. But that's a really big thing. We actually see that um, probably in about 25% of our cases that come into our office and that we evaluate hands-on is that their liver has restrictions, and that's going to impair blood flow and the overall health of that organ. You never want an organ restricted and not able to move. So to recap, if your liver is not functioning well, your options are there's too many toxins coming in uh, and or there's not enough going out either from maybe lack of nutrients just for the liver to do its job and or a structural problem the liver is just not able to function well enough because of either damage to the cells or, or adhesions around it. Uh, blood flow is not very good. So if you're wondering, well, I've got skin problems. I've never considered this liver thing. Why should I think, Allison, why should I believe you that I might have liver congestion? Well, here's some other symptoms of liver congestion that we commonly see paired. And you don't have to have all of these, but if you have a good handful of them, uh, like I know I did, uh, then liver congestion is a part and parcel of what is going on in your body. So number one, sleep problems. And when we think sleep problems, we're actually specifically with liver thinking, not being waking up consistently between 2 to 4 a.m. for no reason, Uh, as in like you're not hungry, um, you might have anxious thoughts going on. But other than that, it's like, why did I wake up? It's 2 to 4 a.m. And maybe you go to the bathroom and you get back in bed. Um, But that 2 to 4 a.m. waking up, if you also wake up and you are sweating at that point in time, you are. it is even more so a liver problem. And the reason for it is this, and we've shared this on the podcast before, the liver, if it cannot do all of its jobs that it's supposed to do during the day and it has a lot of jobs, it will turn itself on at night to finish up those jobs But what will happen is that um, the liver is a pretty big organ. If you actually take your right hand and you put your pinky on the bottom of your rib cage, um, so if you feel for that last rib, and then you have your thumb, um, and depending on how big your rib cage is and how about hip, how big your hand is, it might vary. But if you actually put your thumb kind of where your bra might be, if you're a lady, um, that's actually gonna be about, or your bra strap, right? That's gonna be about how big your liver is on the right side of your body. And then it's kind of like a triangle. It swoops over and it gets smaller and smaller as it goes over to the left side of your body. But on the left side of your body, it goes over kind of like to the middle of your left rib. And I don't think I described that super well. Um, It doesn't go, it actually goes past the center of your body and it goes over to the left side of your body. And that's probably the best way to describe it. It's a big organ and it filters blood. And if you remember from science class, blood is one of the main mechanisms of keeping us warm and good blood flow um, is part of how we stay warm. And so that's like if you have nods and your capillaries squeeze closed when you're cold, you're, you're extra, your hands and your... Uh, extremities are extra cold? Well, your liver is heating you up because of that blood flow happening at night. So, if you're waking up 2 to 4 a.m. consistently and especially if either every time or every now and again you are sweating, think liver. Another thing we see with liver congestion is headaches and migraines. That's just because the toxicity that's in the in the blood that's also getting to your skin. If you're having skin problems, it's also getting to your blood-brain barrier. And so your blood-brain barrier is being irritated, your brain's not happy, and you're going to see that headache, migraine problem. Um, PMS problems is going to be a liver congestion problem because liver is supposed to get rid of excess estrogen in the body. And right before your period, your estrogen is supposed to drop with your progesterone. And if your body stops making estrogen, but your liver isn't clearing it out. You have excess estrogen just just hanging out and you will have estrogen dominance symptoms and in which PMS is one of them. So PMS being uh, grumpiness, irritability, like maybe potentially pain in the pelvis or in the low back, um, breast tenderness, uh, headaches, migraines, all those icky things right before your period. Uh, Other estrogen dominance symptoms, include uh, tender breasts, mood swings, irregular periods, heavy periods. Uh, Those are just like a cluster of estrogen-dominant symptoms and If you have any of those things like, yeah, my periods aren't regular or when I have them, they're crazy heavy or super painful or my breasts are tender or I get, yes, I get mood swings and I'm for no reason and I'm so ashamed of myself or all these different things um, that can also be connected to liver dysfunction. If you are having any other GI symptom like acid reflux or bloating or constipation or diarrhea, um, all of those things are saying like pointing at your gut going into your liver and then spreading out and causing havoc into other areas of your body like your skin. Um, Achy and stiff joints is another symptom of liver congestion. Again, think that blood that has toxins in it going to everywhere like your skin, but also your muscles and also your joints. So if you wake up in the morning and you're just like, you feel like an old grandma, like your your hands hurt and your spine hurts and you're like, why is it my mattress? Uh, No, it actually might be your liver. And that happened to me. And I was an ex-gymnast and I went from like in a matter of six months being super flexible and being being a runner and being strong to like waking up in pain from my spine hurting and feeling like I need to stretch constantly. It made no freaking sense to what I understood about muscles. And guess what? It wasn't my muscles. It was my liver (laughs) affecting my joints and my muscles. Uh, Similarly, achy muscles are another symptom of liver congestion. And then thyroid imbalance is a symptom of liver congestion. Here's one reason why. And this is whether or not you've been diagnosed with liver problems, or liver, I'm sorry, thyroid problems. Your doctor might have even explicitly checked your thyroid and said it was okay. That is a whole other story in and of itself. Many doctors don't even check all the relevant thyroid markers, um, like reverse T3, to even know if you are having thyroid problems, let alone the fact that um, that they're they're using standard lab ranges for understanding uh Understanding and interpreting your thyroid marker like results from your blood chemistry, and if you are not familiar on the differences between a standard lab range and a functional lab range, I'd recommend you check out our episode on "Why Is My Doctor Saying My Labs Look Normal When I Don't Feel Normal?" We will have a link in the show notes for that. Um, It is a great episode, but uh, to say. You'll you'll either even if you don't have a diagnosed thyroid problem, you could be having even just thyroid symptom low thyroid symptoms because sixty percent of your conversion of your T four hormone thyroid hormone to your T three is it happens in the liver. And so T3 is like the most powerful active version of your thyroid hormone. T3 is exactly what you want to be at good levels. Um, I mean, T4 matters too, but T3 is like where you get the energy. And so 60, and your thyroid doesn't make very much T3. It mainly makes T4. Then your T4 gets converted 60%, 60%. More than half, I mean, just crazy, of that conversion happens in your liver. So when we get clients and we're suspicious of something thyroid-related impacting like their energy levels or their constipation or whatever's going on uh, with their symptoms, we'll do a little blood chemistry panel and we'll see if that T4 is extra high and the T3 is low and that is a conversion problem going on. The other interesting thing is that the 20%, so you got 60% of the conversion happens in the liver, 20% happens in the gut. So if you have a gut problem and then it causes a liver problem, now 80% of that conversion is disrupted. And really the only other 20%, and I hope this isn't too much information, y'all, but I hope it is, I hope it's very exciting because I'm telling you stuff that I get straight from all the education I get, um... 20%, the last 20% of that conversion, actually it doesn't get converted to T3, typically it gets converted to something called reverse T3, and that's natural and normal, but um, sometimes too much gets uh, converted into reverse T3, and that causes a separate problem. So um, all that being said, your liver is a really important site for your thyroid levels to be appropriate, and that's going to impact all thyroid related symptoms, including like dry and brittle hair and nails and dry skin and low energy levels and the inability to lose weight. Um, all like so many things um, that are thyroid related. And it, all cells have a thyroid hormone receptor your bone, your skin, your organs, everything. So everything's impacted by thyroid not being converted super well. And then uh, you can get constipated if your liver's not functioning super well. I see this particularly because you need your liver to make bile to break down fats and proteins in your body. And a lot of times when those don't get broken down, we end up seeing problems with motility slowing down and bacteria overgrowing and overeating on things. And um, it's just something I've commonly seen for some reason um, with liver congestion. Constipation is more common, though definitely you can still get diarrhea. But usually that's a different reason you're getting diarrhea. At that point. Uh, maybe uh, and to just throw some stuff out there, histamine related um, or related to honestly, histamine related is the biggest thing. But um, and then last, or two more things with uh symptoms of liver congestion. You can have increased chemical sensitivity. So if you like walk past bed, bath and beyond, uh, or sorry, bath and body works, they're the guys who have all the all the Candles and and soaps and everything. If you walk past that store, and you just get a headache as you're walking by, you are chemically sensitive, and so uh, and you might notice it's gotten worse over the years. Maybe you've had to switch detergents, you've had to go to all natural. And not saying that all those chemicals were good for you to begin with, but it's showing you how how little your liver is able to get rid and and deal with all the chemicals and all the yeah all the phthalates and xenoestrogens and everything that's in those things, um, that if you can't handle them in shampoos and hand soaps and you get irritated easily, your liver, again, is... That's a very strong, very, very strong sign of liver congestion. And then high-pitched tinnitus is actually a sign of liver congestion because the nerves in your ears are really sensitive. They're really delicate. And if there is inflammation in the body and there is liver congestion, you can get that tinnitus from that. You can get tinnitus from a lot of things. We do craniosacral therapy to help with tinnitus um, if the temporal bone gets jammed into the head. Um, But that tinnitus, again, loud sounds can cause tinnitus. But if if you're like, I haven't been to exposed to any loud sounds. We get lots of clients with tinnitus. Um, we've even had clients after the COVID vaccine get tinnitus, and it's just showing the body um, being inflamed and having to undergo lots of of processes to decongest itself. So that is, if you're listening to that list, um, hopefully some of that made sense and connected with making a map way, uh, a mapping of what is going on in your body. And it might and probably does sound a little familiar. So if you have liver congestion and you're having skin problems, what can you do? So number one, my number one recommendation is to address pathogens in the body. And the reason for this is that uh, if you have just like the perfect, I don't know if you get an air purifiers and you have a Perfect diet to, you know, you're not drinking any alcohol or eating any sugar, and you're um, you have a water filter and you exercise and you do a sauna and you do all these things that are healthy and and you poop regularly and all these things that are healthy for helping your body detoxify, but you're still getting symptoms. Um, or actually the thing is, you will likely still get symptoms if you have a parasite, H. pylori, or Uh, yeast overgrowth, or mold, or a fungal overgrowth, any of these things in your body, because they are a constant an often very high level of input of irritation um, and toxins in the whole body, including the liver. So if you do all these things and you're like, Allison, I buy organic and I switched out all my shampoos and my detergents all natural and I don't have any chemical scents in anything and and I'm just going out of my mind with feeling like I do everything right, but I'm not getting better. Pathogens is the first place I look. Um, I had more than one. I had H. pylori and I had I had a parasite. Yay me. Um, uh, Number two, after you deal with parasites, or not just parasites, after you deal with pathogens, and I would recommend doing so naturally, working with a functional health practitioner, I would love to work with you. This is what we specialize in. This is what we are passionate about. And if you want to work with us, we have an application for you to do so um, in the link in the show notes. You can apply for a 30-minute consultation. But that being said, um, after you've dealt with pathogens, number two, we recommend you support your liver. And there's three ways to do that is not drinking alcohol because alcohol uniquely, like not uniquely, but like very intensely more than many other things we eat requires the liver to work overtime and requires certain enzymes uh, that actually compete. Like if you have candida. First off, candida loves alcohol. Second off, candida excretes an a toxin that um, your liver breaks down with an enzyme, ALDH. And if you are using ALDH to break down that enzyme, you don't have ALDH to break down the alcohol in your body. And so you feel super crabby with alcohol. That's another symptom, by the way. I didn't even write that down. If you are super sensitive to alcohol, like you have half or a quarter or whatever of of a serving of alcohol, and you're like already feeling it, and you feel really crappy after the day after, and you're like feel like you need to drink all this water or whatever. You you just have all these symptoms. You get headaches, whatever they are. Um, that's another sign of liver congestion. Your liver's just like can't handle <laughs> the alcohol input. Sugar input also really stresses out the liver. And then lastly, we're actually gonna provide a link. I decided to do this with you guys and be super generous and actually show you. Um, a specific uh, product that we recommend and we actually give to our clients to do. Um, it's called a push catch. And what it is, it's a product where you take <clears throat> a little like a liquid supplement called a liver sauce. It tastes like orange because there's like some orange uh, essential oil in it. And you you swish this around in your mouth and that actually helps push toxins out of the liver. But not only do you want to push toxins out of the liver, you want to catch them. So it has a second um second s- substance, I don't know, it's a powder actually. It's a second powder that you take 30 minutes after you take the push and then you mix it in water and you drink it and it has things like activated charcoal in it along with some other really wonderful things that actually catch those toxins that come out of your liver and you don't want to push toxins out of your liver without catching them. You will feel worse. So you want to neutralize and engage your phase 2 of of your liver detoxification or liver phase two, yeah, liver detoxification to do that. And the other thing is, is that in that 30 minute window, we do recommend something called a coffee enema, which really helps your body to continue to be pushing out everything. And then of course, um, because of the enema, you're actually pooping out everything. And so it really creates this really clean process. And we're just, I'm providing a link. You can click link in the show notes. It'll have both the Push Catch kit, as well as a recommended coffee enema kit that is, you know, BPA-free, phthalate-free, just free of toxins in it, as well as uh, organic coffee grounds that you can use. And we recommend for beginners if you've never done a coffee enema before. fun fact, if you do do a coffee enema, um, on the first few times you do it, you are likely to feel as if you had a cup of coffee, because the caffeine will hit you really hard. Your your liver won't be able to process it super well, but after you've done the coffee enema a few times, you will notice that you don't get that jittery caffeinated feeling afterwards, and that's because your liver's starting to function better. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> it's true. So we do recommend that, and again, if you do have a pathogen and you're doing coffee, en- and you do that coffee enema thing, it's not gonna, like, it'll help, but it's not gonna get rid of the pathogen, so you're kind of just enabling yourself to stay in a cycle of low-grade sick, which I don't want. It's good to feel better, but you don't want to feel better at the cost of never dealing with the pathogen. And then, lastly, you want to um, remove or, or reduce excess irritants of your liver. So that includes other things, um, include like food sensitivities. Uh, so if you don't know what they are. If you have a, if you think you know what they are, um, if you, if you're still eating gluten, if you're still eating corn, if you're still eating dairy, those are like the most common things you could just get rid of point blank. And I know you might be really sad in hearing me say that, but if you don't get a specific test, those are just three things you could take out to see what happens. Um, other things you can take out other than food sensitivities are going to be chemical candles, which I use as a short for basically. Your average candle, if it's not soy-based, if it doesn't have essential oils explicitly in it, um, if it's using any type of um, coloring, if it's any using any type of, yeah, so coloring or dye or, or chemical to create scent, that is a irritant to your liver. It's just one more thing your liver has to deal with. Um, seeing your water, checking out your water, and we're not going to dive into this. This is not an episode on picking the best water filter or how to know what, Um, what toxins are in your water. That is a whole other subject, but it's true. Checking out your water is going to be good. Cleaning your air, getting an air filter is going to be good and making sure you're pooping and you're not constipated. And again, this isn't an episode on constipation. Constipation has so many causes and so many underlying factors, including things like candida, including things like uh, low thyroid hormone, including things like mineral imbalance so not having enough magnesium Uh, you need magnesium for your muscles to fire including the smooth muscle of your small intestines and your large intestines heavy metals like aluminum are known to cause constipation low stomach acid levels can cause constipation or at least impact it you can see our episode called the magic power of zinc in reducing acid reflux if you want to know a little bit more on stomach acid levels and then yes low stomach acid levels can cause acid reflux that's a fun fact and fun hint check out the episode in the show notes and then low digestive enzyme production from your liver/gallbladder/pancreas can impact constipation and I think I already said this low thyroid hormone levels so all that to say Constipation is something that you want to address, and something that we do. We help our clients in multiple ways to get unconstipated in the short term. And then, of course, making sure that their body can continue not being constipated in the long run. But overall, uh, just not being constipated and pooping regularly does help with your liver health. So, those are to recap the three things you can do to help your liver look at your pathogens. Get, get a stool test, get, get whatever tests you need to look up these things. Um, I will say off the bat, sometimes we get asked, you know, will my doctor look this up? A lot of times we find that doctors, unless they have some very explicit reason for, don't, will say that there's no reason. And so they won't give you a test. We also have had experiences where clients will get tests from their doctor, maybe even specifically for something like H. pylori, and the test will come back negative and then they'll work with us and we do the test and it comes back positive and we don't know why it just is happening. So that's just another reality. And then, um, so number one, check out pathogens. Number two, support your liver. Don't drink alcohol, limit sugar, especially like, um, processed sugar. So like apples are better, um, like apple juice would be worse. And then anything like cake, cookies, processed sugar would be the worst. And then you can do our push catch and coffee enema, um, Combination that we recommend through a link in the show notes. And number three, I'm um, just removing excess irritants, everything from food sensitivities to the fun chemical candles that we use, um, your water, your air, pooping, constipation you can sweat and exercise and do saunas to help the detoxification process but overall that's your liver and you're like wow none of that I hope I hope at least maybe part of you saying wow none of that was creams or body oils or like like clean facial cleansers and the truth is is those are all just like dealing superficially with with a much 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 deeper problem and our clients consistently are finding that, their eye puffiness goes away, the eye puffiness and redness and flakiness, um, flakiness on their scalp, uh, acne, eczema will con- con- significantly decrease. We also have clients who get compliments on like their Zoom calls because their face is like less puffy and looking thinner and their skin is glowing more and there's less of those like red, red splotches and inconsistent coloring on the face. So it's really amazing, just even on Zoom calls, the remarks that our clients get from their skin clearing up and they're not having to do some crazy $500 facial regimen. It's just not a thing. So heal your body, heal your skin. I hope that all makes tons of sense. I hope it really enlightens your understanding of the gut-skin connection in a way that you hadn't heard of it before. We even threw in stuff on that gut-thyroid connection and the liver connection and what the functions of the liver are. We touched on anatomy and physiology, not just some woo-woo concepts of everything's connected, but really some really fun, real chemical connections, real physiological connections. And I hope that you are that much wiser for your gut and for your skin. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, I just want to invite you to jump on and apply for a 30 minute consultation with me. If you are just ready to jump into your health, stop doing all the DIY, all the things that don't seem to work and get a grip on what's going on, get some lab testing, get some answers and get healthy. I am ready to work and to talk with you. You can apply by clicking the link in the show notes. Otherwise, if you love this episode and you want more and you have not subscribed, I would highly recommend you click the link. You already know a couple of the episodes were going to be coming up and they are built to apply to you and answer your questions. So we have so much more coming down the line. Subscribe so you never miss a beat. And if this episode made you think of someone, if you have a friend with a skin problem or acne or eczema and they are just going out of their mind trying to find something that works, I would encourage you to share this episode with them. Just take a quick screenshot, send them a text and say, I was thinking, thinking of you, I think this might be really helpful. I would love to help your friend and just give any more insight we can. Other ways that you can support us is by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It is so helpful just to have other people share what is sticking out to them and what's impacting them for other people to find our podcast as well. Other ways you can stay in the conversation is by following us on Instagram at BetterBellyTherapies. I would love to talk with you there. Hear what what is hitting you in our episodes, how we can better serve you, and what questions you would love to hear answered on the podcast. And as always, remember, miracles are immediate, but healing takes time.